Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We have an exciting show today as we are going back to Atlantis. My guest today is Amira Atlantis, and we are talking about how to activate your Atlantean DNA and light body. Fascinating subject because it's all part of us. Hi, Amira. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you, Loren. I'm excited to be back. Thank you for having me again. Well, this is going to be an interesting conversation because the topic of Atlantis has been coming up for us. And it seems like this reconnection to Atlantis and to Egypt is part of our awakening and our remembering as it's always been there within us. So as we start today, this is important because this is something that's um, again, in our DNA. So when we say we are activating our Atlantean light body and DNA, tell us more about this. What's going on? So I, I always like to start by mentioning that whether or not you have a resonance with Atlantis or not, some of us resonate more with, say, maybe Lemuria or Avalon or Egypt or, or something of that nature. What I'm about to speak to applies to all beings and all star seeds because Atlantis was filled. The Atlantic community was comprised of star seeds of beings from all over the universe. So many of us feel, you know, maybe we are Syrian or maybe we are Pleiadian or from Orion or Andromeda or Mintaka. No matter where you resonate as a star system or a planet or a place of origin, your ancestors were in Atlantis. Your ancestors came and took place in this great experiment. So even if you don't necessarily feel like you had, you know, a lifetime specifically in Atlantis, which you probably did, you just haven't remembered it yet, um, whether you recognize that or not, the star seeds came from all over the universe to participate in this experience. And so what I'm about to speak to is uh, applies to or is it is relevant in some way to all of us walking the earth right now. Okay, very good. So, you know, if we feel an aversion to Atlantis, like we've never been yes. interested in it, that's a key too. And it goes, back to, it goes back to the U.S., the United States, and even the continent. Mm-hmm. Some, I've heard some say, I don't like to go east of the Mississippi. Or I don't like to go west of the Mississippi. That's because of Atlantis, is it not? That that could have a lot to do with it. And there are many people who, you know, like I said, really resonate more with the Lemurian. And it turns out the Lemurians taught the Atlanteans. Mm. The Lemurians and the Mer people were instrumental in bringing the Atlanteans knowledge and information about their body about uh, their energy centers, about their DNA. They actually taught them the system <laughs> or t- took a big part in teaching them the system that, that you're going to hear about today. The Lemurians already knew. They already had it going on. 
Like they came in as embodied fifth dimensional beings and they understood their body, not, not only as um, having energy centers, 13 plus, but how every single energy center and every layer of the auric field was symbiotic and worked together. So they never had to experience themselves in the kind of the duality that the, the Atlanteans came to experience. So they came to give them the knowledge and the wisdom of how to integrate their masculine and feminine, how to integrate their energy centers. And you might hear about some new energy centers today and how to make full use and access their, uh, their auric field and the meaning and the layers of the different layers that are within their, you know, their auric centers. Wow. Okay. Really fascinating. So let's go into this even more and let's learn more about those energy centers. And we want to learn more about the mayor people as well, too. I know you've got yes. a lot to say here. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, let's start with the energy centers. 13. Is that the chakras that we know already or are they different? So there are many different um, uh, chakra systems out there. And I always like to start by saying that nobody has a patent on what's right or what's wrong, that there are many teachings that are available to us out there, and it is for you and I to figure out who and what we resonate with, the teachers we resonate with, and also the system that they're teaching that we resonate with. So if you have learned something different, and there are other 13 chakra teachings that are out there, it doesn't make what they teach or I teach wrong. It's just a different way of understanding a system. So the, the Atlantean system focuses on the 13 chakras within the aura, which would mean starting with the earth star chakra beneath your feet, which is inside your auric field, and then completing with the 12th that is above your head, known as the golden gateway. And then we have the 13th energy center, which I'll speak to a little later in the center of our body. So that's the focus is the 13 within the auric field. We have dozens, maybe hundreds of energy centers. So if you have a, are connected to a different system that talked about, you know, the energy centers that go out above your auric field, that's all still relevant information. The Atlantean system that, that, um, my Atlantean guides have taught me that I remember as being myrrh and being with the, um, Atlanteans focuses on our, uh, more on integrating our human self with our divine self and with our light body. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Can you share how, um, you came to meet your Atlantean guides? What was that like? Well, apparently they've always been with me. Okay. Um, you know, when maybe some of you remember when you were a child, um, having dreams or having experiences. And, you know, when I was in uh, junior high and in my high school years, I, I was a really depressed kid. Um, I was a very depressed child because I, like many of you out there, I just, I knew that I was different and it didn't quite fit into this world. And um, as a very sensitive, empathic being, um, I, I just felt like a fish out of water for, for most of my life. And I, I spent a lot of time, especially in my junior high years, really, really in a state of depression and um, feeling suicidal most of the time. And I would have these dreams where these beings would come to me when I was feeling really, really terrible 
and I just didn't want to be here anymore. And I would have dreams of these beings who would come to me and they would show me what my life was going to be like in the future. And they would say, and I, and I, I like, I can't remember specific things they said to me, but I know that they were giving me visuals and impressions and hope. And they were teaching me that this is just, this is for now, but at some point there's going to be a turning point and you're going to recognize and remember why you're here. You're going to find your community. You're going to find your place and you're just, you're going to find your purpose. Just hang on, Beth. That was my name growing up. Just hang on. We got you. And we promise that your reason for being here is going to be delivered and we need you. So I have those unconscious memories of what I now remember were the mer people and my Atlantean guides coming and urging me to stay on the planet and to keep moving forward so I could build and create what I'm working with now for the New Earth and New Earth Atlantis. And that is bringing Atlantis back into our awareness, um, activating the light body again. Yes. Um, how were we disconnected from that through the fall? And what? I, and, I think yeah. that's one way. I think we're also disconnected just through life trauma. Like just being a human is hard. Um, we all go through trauma <laughs> when we're born. And, uh, throughout our lives that disconnects us. I, my, I, my personal belief is that we are always connected. We just don't recognize it or we're not aware of it. Or the connection isn't very strong or isn't, uh, we don't feel that we have that like really full force connection because we haven't learned how to tap into it. So sometimes we need somebody to even tell us that that's possible. And if that's possible, how do we do it? Like, what are the steps and what can I do for myself on a daily basis to feel and embody my connection to my light body, to my oversoul, to my purpose and to, you know, to source energy? Yes. Okay. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I think a question that comes up is when we're talking light body. So our light body, a definition of light body would be connection to multi-dimensionality, our higher self, an energy field. So if that's a definition, is the Atlantean light body different or is it a part of that? So that that's a part of what the light body is. Our light body is our aura, but also not. It is that stream of energy that comes down through us from our oversoul that contains our spiritual DNA that contains our multidimensional selves, that contains those aspects of us here that we are here to embody and bring forward that are going to help us in this reality. It contains our soul plan, um, our soul purpose, our connection to our guides, to our higher guidance, and connection to our soul. So the Atlantean light body, we all have a light body. It's not necessarily called the Atlantean light body. It's just within the system that I use is the Atlantean system of allowing you to connect to your light body and to your oversoul by understanding your 13 chakras and understanding the layers of our aura. Our aura is more important than what most people think. Our aura contains all of our information, everything that is about us. We're frequency generators, right? We're always like sending out frequencies and we're absorbing frequencies. Most people don't even know what our aura is for. Our aura is to contain our sacred space. Like I consider 
this 360 degree space around my body, this egg-shaped bubble to be my sacred space. We don't get to control much in life, but we do get to have dominion over our own energy and our own body is energy. Most of us are empaths and we absorb, right? We sponge. Instead of allowing our auric field to be that which shields, protects, contains our sacred space, we're wide open and we're bringing in and we're taking in everything and everybody. And most of us don't even know what is ours and what is not ours, like what might belong to other people and situations and around us and everything gets all mixed up and mired up. So my, my goal is really t- to teach people about their aura, how to create a sacred container around your own auric field so you can become a stronger energy generator, frequency generator, because that's what we want to be, right? We want to generate our own frequency, not absorb from outside of us and bring that in because that creates unwellness in the body, disease, uh, uh, emotional turbulence. Um, uh, it, this is when we have physical things happening in our body. So every layer in our aura, when you learn about that aura, where it's at around you and how to move through and cleanse and clear that, it just makes for a fuller, happier, healthy, healthier, more integrated human. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we're going to do a little process in this show today that gets people into an experiential on that. That sounds wonderful. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's, uh, let's talk about some other things though about this topic. Um, um, the, Atlantean DNA, okay. Did you want to say anything about star seeds and Atlantean yes. DNA? This is what you said, uh, it's somewhat in the beginning that we all are connected to it. Yes. Um, why are we all connected to Atlantean DNA? Because we are all star seeds. And if you do not remember a direct connection or lifetime in Atlantis, you mm-hmm. have spiritual ancestors. That have been there. And because of the fall of Atlantis, because of everything that went into the 13,000 year ago, you know, last rising and falling of the golden age, that event really set off a ripple effect into the entire cosmos. And it was the microcosm effect that really affected the macrocosm and the totality of all of us because all beings were present. In Atlantis, we actually changed our future. And if as some of you are maybe familiar with um, Bar- Barbara Marciniak, Bringers of the Dawn. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where she, I mean, she wrote that book 30 years ago, but she could have wrote it last week because it's so still so relevant to what hum, what humanity is traversing. Our ancestors, you know, our, our, uh, the, the DNA and the starseed lineages from which we came, we are them coming back through time and space trying to fix or change the, the spiral of what happened 13,000 years ago. So we are our ancestors. We are our guides and angels. The beings that I know as my Atlantean council, I know that I'm a part of that council also. I'm a part of that collective and it makes sense to me that we would have beings around us that are versions of ourselves coming back to help us on this timeline because we're multidimensional. Okay, that really explains a lot and it explains 
why people are so many light workers are going to Egypt right now. Yes. Last they're collecting. Year, collecting. They're collecting. They're remembering. They're reintegrating. Yes. Yes. And they're getting activated. They yes. Profound experiences. And it continues. There's no like timeline of when to go to Egypt, but more and more people are really getting activated. And would you say that that's allowing us to heal that chasm, to heal ourselves within, to heal? Time time locks are going off very, very fast right now. So we're all on like what I call a time lock, lock for remembering. Okay. Some of us came in, you know, with a degree of awakening. Some people like me were almost 40 years old. Before I had my, before my time lock went off, right? And I became awakened. So all of us right now, all of the star seeds are going through like their extra awakening. They're like, they're calling to go to a specific place like Egypt, which was what, which most of the Atlanteans or many of the Atlanteans fled to Egypt after the fall. So of course there's Atlantean energy there. They redevelop, they resell up, resettled. So since we can't go to Atlantis except in something like a past life regression, which is where where I got most of my information about Myrrh and Atlantis initially uh, was through regression therapy. It's why I became a, a past life regressionist. Going same place like Egypt is going to be the next best thing to a physical place on this planet to go and have those activations and to go deeper into our own DNA and our own light bodies and our own soul purpose here. Okay. Um, it's fascinating. And you remember your time as a mermaid. That's a fascinating mm-hmm. that we've discussed before. And the mer people, the mer people, the mer people, the mer people, um, what is their connection with Atlantis? And can you describe what that was like? Um, are they, they're obviously real. I'm, uh, there's so many stories around this planet about even in, in recent decades of mermaid sightings. Yes. And so what was going on there? Um, what were the mer people to Atlantis? So the, the mer have always been the aquafarians, which, um, constitute a, a, a large, not only mer people, but aqua centric. <laughs> People in general came with original water, um, uh, through the stargate of Mintaka and in the inception of Earth. And I think I talked about this on your last show. I think yeah. I talked about how the myrrh came and fell to Earth with original water, which came as liquid plasma light. It was much different than, than the water that we know today. So the aquafarians and the myrrh have always been here. They seeded and coated the waters. And as communities such as, you know, when, when the, the, the Lemurian, um, uh, experiment came, the, the myrrh were already here. Um, we were instrumental in welcoming the Lemurians and taking part in their civilization and in their, you know, everything as far as, uh, uh, being, uh, you know, developing their way of life on earth. Um, I remember being in the water during Lemuria. I did not come up on land like I did in Atlantis. I worked in uh, the birthing portals, helping the Lemurians bring their beautiful little babies into fruition. I think there's a lot of, of myrrh who actually remember the underwater temples and these, these birthing portals that were happening. 
So as the Atlantean experiment came into being, and there were five different incarnations of, of Atlantis, and, and the one that I'm here really to speak about is the one 13,000 years ago. That's the one that's most important to this timeline. So the Mer uh, and Atlantis were from a kingdom called Merlantis. Merlantis was the sister city to, or the sister community to Atlantis. We came to the Atlanteans to be with the Atlanteans because we loved humans. We were enamored by the human form, by their shape, by their legs, by their emotions. We wanted to be a part of this experiment and we wanted to help the Atlanteans who were fifth dimensional beings coming down into a third dimensional body for the very first time, navigating their emotional system. Like, can you imagine, you know, coming and suddenly you have tears that you can cry and you have this joy and you have these five senses where you can hug and kiss and eat delicious food and smell smells and you can run on the earth and have a physical experience. The original star seeds that came in had never had a physical body before. And so we wanted to participate in helping them to navigate and understand their physical body, but how to keep their physical body and everything that goes on with, uh, you know, being human and keep that connection to their fifth dimensional or source cells. So that's where the myrrh came in. And um, uh, many of us came and shapeshift, shifted up out of the water and became human for a while on the daily to help the humans with their energy centers, taught teaching them about their 13 chakras, teaching about their aura and how to manage and care for their body as energy as well as their physical body so they could retain that connection to God. Okay, that really is fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. And I know that you are teaching a course on this that goes even deeper. Yes. And in our special offer that we've got for everyone, we'll get to that in a in a moment or later in the show. Um, but let's talk about then how it all went south. I mean, that is what most of us remember in our right. day feel the shame or we feel resentment or we feel despair over it. Right. So perspective, you know, if you have the, the mayor people working with the Atlanteans, teaching the uh, chakra and the energy system, mm-hmm. what happens? So I'll try to encapsulate, encapsulate this um, as succinctly as, as possible. So most of us have heard the story of the fall of Atlantis about how uh, the darker energies of their darker beings came forward and um, uh, begin to infiltrate and infect the minds and the energy fields of the scientists, the priests, uh, you know, those who were in charge of Atlantis. Technology was very, very prominent in Atlantis, but for a very, very long time, technology was married with nature. It was married with, with spirituality. And they worked symbiotically together very, very well, because we all know how technology can make our lives, just like this great Zoom call from across the world, how it can enhance and make things better and easier for us, can make our lives easier. 
that many people think or believe that the dark forces that were left in, that, that were led in, they don't understand that that was actually part of the experiment. You can't have an experiment without adding a variable, right? If, if you're batting a thousand every time and you're at the ideal weight every, every day of your life and you're getting straight A's all the time, life actually might get a little boring. Challenges is what keeps human nature growing and thriving. So we knew before we came, all the Atlantean starseeds knew before they came that there would be a variable that was led into Atlantis, which was known as, you know, which we would call the dark, which would come in and try and test the experiment. Can you really stay, be a fifth third dimensional being in a fifth dimensional body if we add in this, if we add in a concept of jealousy, if we end up uh, add a concept of um, envy, competition. If we tell you how this form of technology is superior to this form of nature, if those programs become inserted into a consciousness, and it all started with, you know, with the top leaders and the priests and the priestesses and the people behind the science and the doctors of, of Atlantis. Um, those programs start to be inserted. And so because we all came in with the veil of amnesia, and when I say we, I had aspects of my being in Atlantis also, because we all came in with amnesia, we forget that it's part of the experiment. But that's part of the plan too. Because how do you really know and quantify yourself as an eternal fifth dimensional beings if you don't have a test? Right? So these things started to happen within the Atlantean community, and they begin to infiltrate down to, you know, to, to more and more of the community. And many of the great leaders and teachers did not become infected. They knew this was not right. This was not correct. And they they fought to keep the two teachings, the integrity of, of Atlantis, mm-hmm. uh, the, the love, the connection. We fought very, very hard to keep the integrity of Atlantis together despite the infection that was occurring. But as it turned out, human nature kind of took over. And again, I'm simplifying the whole thing. I'm simplifying all of this. Uh, human nature took over and the idea of competition, the idea of jealousy, the idea of disease, uh, the idea of uh, not living under the law of one. And in my program, I'm teaching you, I will teach you the seven spiritual laws of Atlantis. And the number one law was the law of one. All are equal in the eyes of creator. So it didn't matter if you were the best doctor in Atlantis or if you were, you know, the one cleaning up the parks. You were considered equal and your life and your lifestyle was equal. So think about, you know, if I if I'm going to play the role of, you know, maybe a, a, a dark being and I come into a great scientist and Lorraine, you're a great scientist. And I say, you know, you're you're really good at your job. Lorraine. You're actually better. And the other people you're working with, why do you have the same home? Why, why do you have the same cars and the same, like, pay, if you will, because you're so much better than they are. So they started inserting these programs into the consciousness that created this distortion that were, they were not equal. 
Mm-hmm. And like any kind of a cancer distortion or insertion, it, it began after a while to take. They heard it enough that it began to take. And the Atlanteans began to fall in their vibration and in their frequency, despite knowing they were supposed to be living under the law of one. Technology became more important than spirituality and then stewarding the land and on and on and on. And then that that uh, that eventually created the downfall of, uh, you know, the disasters and the things that you hear about that took down the Atlantean experiment. Wow. Yes. You know, I know that many watching and listening can feel back into their own Atlantean genetics mm-hmm. uh, history and actually start to sense what went on. And as I do that myself, I'm feeling that I, I I'm feeling a lifetime. Well, there's two, one where I knew all that and mm-hmm. I knew the connection and the integrity of the information mm-hmm. and another lifetime where I was a Lemurian in Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I was treated very poorly. Yes. There was an incarnation of Atlantis and Lemuria where the two were really meant to live side by side. Alas, Atlantis is the masculine uh, Lemuria is a feminine, and they are meant to coexist har- in harmony and symbiotically. And mm-hmm. the Atlanteans thought themselves to be superior to the Earth-centered Lemurians and, and enslaved them. And a great war broke out between those two communities. Um, and I really believe that, you know, we, we, we talk about integrating our masculine and feminine, how important that is. Uh, to humanity, to all of us, like in our evolution, like that integration. And I really believe that that fallout uh, between Atlantis and Lemuria, where everybody at one point was fully integrated and harmonized, that was, that created the separation between, um, uh, the Atlantis, you know, between inhumanity. And we've been trying ever since to get back, you know, to reunite that. Yes, absolutely. So is this reignition uh going to work this time? That is a <laughs> That's a really that's a really great question. Um because as you probably know and many viewers uh, are recognizing that we are once again repeating a cycle yes. where technology oh. <laughs> has as has is overriding or trying to override our sense of humanity and connectedness. Yes. to one another. Yes. Okay. And so we are in a repeat. I look at time as as not linear but in a in a spiral with with different layers. So um it, this is an oversimplification of a definition of time, but if you can think of time as this great tapestry, this spiral where everything is weaving in and out and um, moving and breathing and overlapping, maybe on one part of the spiral was the fall of Atlantis 13,000 years ago. And because all time happens at once, here we are in another part of the spiral with all these intricacies woven in, repeating the same pattern. And so the reason so many of us Lemurians and Atlanteans have incarnated, the reason there are so many star seeds back on the planet today is to course correct the spiral and change history and change the outcome. And so you say, will this be successful? I I have to go forward with only one intention or thought in my head is that the ultimate outcome for this planet will be exaltation. Otherwise, I shouldn't be here and I shouldn't be talking to you right now. Exaltation is the outcome. Now, within that, remember, we are in a multiverse Remember that that we are multidimensional beings and there are multiple outcomes and realities. 
So there are 8 billion people on this planet and every 8 billion of us have a different sort of life experience through the lens of reality that we create. The lens of reality that I am creating through my frequency, my vibration, my my self-management and self-responsibility, my reintegration of my masculine and feminine, and most of all, recognizing the importance of the law of one is I am training myself with the same people who see the same outcome that I see, although we haven't experienced it yet. We are co-creating our own timeline collectively. So there are multiple outcomes being created at once. And not everybody is going to have the same outcome or experience the same outcome that say maybe you and I are because it's not part of their soul design. And soul design, soul families, soul groups, soul missions are very important to address because not everybody around you is on the same soul trajectory you are. Their time lock's different. Mm. Their life plan, their life mission, their karma is different. So when I look at beings or beings who have maybe an alternate view of the world or an alternate view of how they want to live their life, as much as I would like them to be on my path, I can't expect that because their soul plan, their soul family, their soul group is going to be different than mine. And that's part of recognizing, embracing the law of one. And I keep my soul focused on those who I am in training with, those who do hold that same vision, who are doing their self-work and see the only outcome of this planet as exaltation in the end, whenever the end is. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Thank you. That feels so good. That really Mm -hmm. good. And it really, uh, I mean, I guess what you're doing is making a sense into our energy field already. Like this mm-hmm. is this conversation is an activation of that because yes wow okay we are responsible for this energy field yes um, we are all responsible for one thing this gal that's what that's who I'm responsible for this mm-hmm. gal right here I am not here to save the world to rescue people okay right. I am here to be the very best example of walking my talk and self responsibility and self management that I can possibly be. Along the way, I've learned some cool stuff. I've learned some things, some tools that I use on myself that I can share with other people. I personally do not believe that any healer or teacher out there can, I cannot activate your DNA for you. That's between you and God. Oh, That is between you and the creator. The creator activates DNA. Through love. Through, through your decision to work with the creator and, and say, give your sacred yes to allowing that to happen and going through the life experiences, the lessons, the integrations, the whatever you have to do as far as your spiritual and soul practices goes to help that to happen. My job through the Atlantean activation, light body and DNA course is to offer you some tools that if you resonate, well, help you navigate that path. I can't do it for you, right? But it isn't it nice to have tools or have somebody to say, well, this is these these things have worked for me. These things are helping me. And if you put those things into practice, they will they will likely help you as well because they will bring you awareness. We can't change anything we're not aware of. Once we're aware of something, we can begin to work with it. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Okay. 
All right. Well, you said some amazing things here, which already feels like an activation, as I said. So, wow. All right. We pick up energy from each other. We trade and transfer energy through our auric fields, through our chakras all the time. And that's just something we naturally do as, as humans or as people. So everybody here on this program is feeling my energy and taking in. And my, my, my advice is take what works and leave the rest. If you hear something from me or you feel something from me that resonates to your soul, take that in and work with that. If I say something and it doesn't, you're like, nope, Amira, that's just not where I'm at. That's okay, too. You get the autonomy and the sovereignty and the self-responsibility to make those choices for yourself. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Uh, you've mentioned the law of one a number of times. Let's yes. do a short little overview of that. I mean, it says it all in the title, the law of one. Yes. One, the law of one. But you also um, say that there's an agreement with the with the worlds between the Aquifarians and the Atlanteans to uphold the law of one and the seven spiritual laws of Atlantis. Yes. But this is what we're bringing back online, the seven spiritual yes. laws of Atlantis. Can you go over what those are as well as more on the law of one? Yes. So every spiritual law, and remember that seven is a really sacred number. Everywhere on the planet. Everywhere. It's God's number. It's known as God's number. Seven is the integration of the four and the three, which are heaven, heaven and earth. So you hear the term, you know, seventh heaven, or there were seven sons of Poseidon. There's seven days in the week in which God created. Um, seven's considered a, a lucky number. So our collective agreement is that the number seven is a very good and high vibrational type of number, right? So there are seven layers of your aura, and every spiritual law has an assimilation or an association with one of those layers. Um, so do you want me just to, how do you want me to do this? You want me to go through the seven spiritual laws? Yes, perfect. Keep going. Okay, hang on just a second. I'm going to pull up some notes really quick, if you don't mind. Yes, yes. It's really fascinating. Yeah, it's fun to learn, isn't it? It is. It's awesome. Okay, come on. Seven colors of the rainbow. Seven, yeah, the seven chakras. And, you know, I'll mention while I'm doing this that, um, you know, we all learn about the traditional energy centers. Like when we're, you know, when you, when you have your spiritual awakening, what's one of the first things you learn about your seven chakras, right? Oh, the chakras. Yeah. I was like, duh. Yeah. We, we learn about our seven chakras when we first have an awakening and we learn about the colors and we learn the names of the energy centers and what they're, you know, what they mean and how to work with them. And so, um, you know, most of us, when, when I remember when I started learning about my seven chakras, um, I was actually kind of mortified at how out of balance they all were and like what kind of a hot mess I was, you know, because we never worked with our energy centers before. Nobody's ever talked to them about them. So you remember those days when you go, okay, root chakra, and you start thinking about all your family stuff and you start thinking about all your money stuff, you know, and um, uh, learning and growing in that way. So going to 13. So when we, when we go to 13 energy centers, 
um, that takes us beyond kind of the elementary school kind of um, uh, concept of what our, uh, you know, what our energy centers are all about. We are humans and we are growing and changing eternally. So why shouldn't our knowledge of our body of, of, as energy also grow and change? Like, we, I, in my opinion, we have moved past the idea of just learning about seven energy centers. We're ready for more. So your first energy or your first, uh, I'm going to work from seven backwards. So the first law is the law of karma, or the seventh law is the law of karma. And, and in the law of karma, we acknowledge that our actions, words, and thoughts bring cycles and learning directly into our life experience. And the law of karma is associated with the physical layer of our energy, of our aura. So everything, anytime we take on a disease or an illness, it starts in this physical layer. If you're a hands-on healer, you know, a Reiki person or whatever, this is, this is where we work. And there's a reason for that because this layer right here holds our karmic actions. It holds uh, the energy of what we're sending and receiving, not only through our thoughts, but what we're also bringing in as a disease and maybe illness. So that's why, you know, the Reiki people, while they're working right at that layer, that's associated with the law of karma. The sixth law is the law of responsibility. And in the law of responsibility, we are responsible to manage our own actions and our own energy, which means that I am responsible for what I do and for what I say and the potential like repercussions of what that might be. And the emotional layer of your energy field is associated with the law of responsibility and with that, uh, uh, with that layer of your auric field. Uh, okay. The next is the law of intention. We intend to create with integrity and honor in all our choices. Okay. That's, that's the law of intention, integrity and honor with our choices associated with the third level of the aura, which is the mental layer. That's our thoughts. That's what we think. And what we put out to the universe. So integrity and honor in our thinking married with the responsibility of our, of our emotions is going to do what? Probably create a better physical being. The fourth law is the law of grace. And the law of grace states that nothing is unforgivable and no one is unlovable. Through our acts of forgiveness and self-responsibility, we heal. And the law of grace is associated with the I am layer, which is of the heart. Okay, so if you can think about grace, what does grace mean to you? Grace is a state of being. Grace is a way of moving through life and knowing that nothing's unforgivable and no one is, uh, no one is unlovable. We can heal through forgiveness and self-responsibility. We can begin to reattune our thoughts and align our thoughts with intention. We can go into the responsibility of our emotional system and our emotions, which is going to lead to a happy, healthier, more well body, right? Okay, so the next law, the fifth law, is the law of manifestation, which means we agree to, uh, we, 
we agree to create within our free will merged with divine will for the greater good of all. So think about the throat chakra. Think about the energy center. Think about uh, what we are speaking out into the world through our intentions, through our emotions, and through our physical self. Okay, the law of unconditional love is number six. We free ourselves of judgments and allow all to experience life in its unfolding. So that's the sixth layer, the unconditional love layer of your auric field. And in this layer, this the fifth, sixth, seventh layers are very, very expansive. They're out the width of our arms. It's when we start to communicate and connect more deeply with uh, with source energy. Um, with universal energy, and we start to feel uh, a sense of humanity and oneness through these greater layers. So your unconditional layer, freeing ourselves of judgment, you, I mean, and you know when you have those moments, right, when um, when you feel completely blissed out and in one, maybe you're hugging your child, maybe you're, you know, petting your dog maybe you're doing some kind of a meditation or spiritual practice well suddenly you like all the great spiritual gurus talk about you just get it you just feel like this oneness and this wholeness and that level of oneness and wholeness can be more easily attained through managing the first layers which are very associated with our human self and uh moving through and clearing and healing them and opening them up to higher divine energies then we have the seventh or the, the seventh layer, which is the first law, which is the law of one, which states that all are equal with the creator. And the seventh layer of the aura, which goes out clear out into the universe and ultimately connects us all is our divine eternal presence layer. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that information. You're welcome. I hope that everyone is taking notes because that in itself, it just feels so good. All right. So then I guess the next question would be, how can we, and maybe this is time, I don't know if you want to lead us through a, a little meditation or a process, but then managing the aura, managing this. Is mm-hmm. it just having an awareness? Like if you need to, if you, would you just feel into these physical layers or these layers of the aura or would you contemplate the laws or would you look at the triggers in your life and take it from there how do we navigate this in our so luckily in my activate your atlantean dna and light body program i take you through every layer one by one we talk about them in depth and then we do a meditation into them and so every aura layer has a separate meditation connected in which so tools are so important if you know that you have a lot of emotional energy to get navigate through you can go back to that aura layer uh, meditation and go back into that specific layer or into any layer you want to or all of them and go in and do that self-work and contemplate okay i'm triggered i'm triggered today what, what's happening in my emotions or what's happening in my thoughts that I'm bringing in the same cycle or the same pattern or the same way of thinking that is ending up to me in the same place. So the system allows you to have separate meditations and we do them together in the program where you can go back and revisit and work with and or just be with those different layers and see what they have to teach you. So awareness is always a good thing, but then what do you do with that awareness? 
Like, what do you do once you know I got a problem? How do you help that problem? Yes, exactly. Um, Good tools. Again, really, really good tools. The awareness is so much of the work, especially when, you know, um, it really, it is the triggers. And uh, I'm just thinking about today, something in my energy field that something, something, we get better at it because yes. we, we have these tools and something came up and I was starting to feel a little, right. There was a trigger, whatever it was, feeling a little, mm-hmm. the, letting the emotion take over. And something very loud and clear said, well, you're creating your reality. Yes. I created it. And it just was, so to hear you speak about this, that really is an, a mastery of it. And and to see it reflected, the emotional, the emotions in the law of responsibility. Yes. The law of responsibility. It's really the law of self-responsibility. Self-responsibility. I mean, that's key because... That removes the projection that someone else outside of us can hurt us or cause us despair or grief or pain. Yes. Or, and, or if they are, why am I continuing to allow that pattern or that cycle or that person or that relationship into my experience? Yes. See, that's- you know, and I, I've been teaching aura healing, self aura clearings and healings for many, many years. Most of the people that I work with one on one and even in groups have never been inside their aura before. Most people know they have an aura, but they don't really know how to access it or to open it up or to feel into it, and they don't know what it's for. So in this program, you learn, I actually teach you the meditation to go in and become aware of your aura in the first place, where it exists around you 360 degrees. Some of us are very introverted, and we carry our aura closer. Some of us are very extroverted. We carry our aura way out here. Some of us, uh, your aura can change size and shape daily or hourly, depending on your emotional state. So when you're feeling really happy and vibrant, you're going to naturally have a bigger aura. When you're feeling maybe depressed or lonely or more negative, the physical body wants to feel safe. So it's going to bring the aura closer. And there's no right or wrong about where your aura is. It's just being aware of what's going on in your energy field, which is the container for your sacred space and your information. So through breath, I I, I teach a lot on on breathing in the system. And going into and becoming aware your aura is around your body, you can go in and better like manage and become aware of what you need to do for yourself. Yes. Um, again, that is really powerful because it is all on us. And wow. Okay. I, this is my sacred space. <laughs> like I know that I, I put a little shielding around myself, a light, like nice silver. You can do, you know, whatever you like around you, which means I am less likely to absorb or sponge other people's energies, but I can send out my frequency. I can send out the love and I train my energy field to vibrate towards those who are a positive match. Great. I love that because people, whether they know it or not, or whether we know it or not, or whatever, people can pick up on this. Yes. People can pick up and they may not even be aware that they're sensing your aura or that they can see your aura or whatever, but they can feel the energy. Yes. They may not be able to explain it or whatever, but. Yep. I know, I know that you're upset with me or something. People can pick that up. All right. Mm-hmm. The next question is, is an aura the same as a light body? 
So the, the, the light body, your aura is part of your light body. Your aura is what is around you 360 degrees. The outer layers of your auric field, five through seven, because they're so expansive, make up part of that light body. But your light body is really what extends from your oversoul, okay, from source energy down into your aura. So it's it's the same but different. Okay, very good. And so when we activate the the light body, that's where we have more knowledge and more information. That's about where we can access. Yes, we our access access points become greater because you know, I mean, you know, just from being at, 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 in your own evolution, the more you clear your emotional stuff, your mental stuff, your body stuff, the more clearly we bring in our soul mission, our soul truth, and yes. our higher guidance. Yeah. We beca- just become clearer, better conduits once we take care of, and this is really about taking care of our human self. Our human self, in my opinion, is the most important thing that, that we have to manage and care for here because this vessel is sacred. This vessel carries around our soul and our soul energy. And if we are happier, healthier, healthier humans, everything else falls into place. Wow. Again, it feels so good. And um, it is how we be responsible in our space, in our life. Yes. All right. Um, there is a, a beautiful special offer that you've got with more on the course. So, I want to put a call out to our attendees, anyone in our Zoom audience. If you have questions on this for Amira, raise your hand, put it in our Q&A box. It's a fascinating discussion. So again, if you have questions, let us know and we'll get to it. But let's hear more about your course because it's really fascinating. And that is where we get the tools to empower ourselves. Yes. So I first learned about the 12 Atlantean chakras from a lovely lady named Diana Cooper, who wrote a book called Discover Atlantis. And I saw her speak and read her book, I I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. And that just blew open, you know, everything on my full remembrance of of, uh, being an Atlantean and brought more in about my mission, my soul mission. So I began to, to speak and talk about the 12 energy centers of the 12 chakras that that she uh, that she spoke about. And, you know, as information grows and we evolve, I, I started to get my own information. My own Atlantean guides came in and helped me arrange the energy centers a little different and talk about them a little different. Um, and then, you know, including the earth star beneath your feet. And um, I renamed a couple of them, the Golden Gateway, the 12th one. And then they taught me about one day I was listening to my guides and they started talking about a 13th chakra. And they told me that there was an energy center between the heart and the solar plexus called a a, a 13th energy center. And I had been feeling like some pressure right there. And this was maybe 10 or 12 years ago. I'd been feeling some pressure growing in my body and some things happening. And it made sense to me that there was an energy center there. And sure enough, I Googled it. (laughs) And Uh I saw that there was a little bit of writing about the 13th energy center, but nobody was really out there actively speaking or talking about it. I I called it the sacred soul 
And um, I've been teaching my clients and my students about it ever since. And this is your 13th Master Chakra Energy Center. So think about the number 13. And in my program, I talk a little bit about uh, numerology, uh, about sevens, about 12, and, and about number 13. So what does number 13 mean to, to us collectively? Well, it's a goddess number. We it's all know that. Number, but you know, on airplanes, there's no row seat. Yes. It's been, it's been hijacked. The number 13 has been hijacked. The number 13 has been, um, uh, seen as something that is very mysterious or very evil or bad luck. And of course we know better than that. So we're bringing it back. We're bringing back the number 13. 13, part of the reason that number has been cloaked because it's the number of mastery. Uh, 12 is the completion point. At 13, we start a new cycle. Wow. Wow. No wonder it's been hijacked. It's been, um, yes, as you called it. If you think about, um, Metatron's cube, Metatron's cube has 13 spheres. Uh It is a template for the human energy system. There are 13 spheres in Metatron cube, which are the feminine. There are 78 lines, which are the masculine. And there is the Merkaba, the upward and facing and downward facing triangles, which are the masculine and feminine that come in together. So every line in Metatron's cube, and I, I work a lot with Archangel Metatron, uh, and, and he taught me all of this, that every line intersects with a sphere. Why? Because the masculine has to have a, fe- have a destination, the feminine, in order to create. Mm. So think about male and female coming together. The lingam and the yoni have to come together for creation for life to happen. Metatron's cube has these lines that intersect with a one of the 13 feminine spheres. And these intersecting of the masculine and feminine, the Merkaba, because it is a template for the human energy field. It is a template for the masculine and feminine we are reuniting in ourselves. So every sphere in Metatron's cube also has a chakra named after it, one of the 13 chakras, and he helped me map them all out. And I start to go over that in the course also. Um, I changed the symbols of all the energy centers. I made them Atlantean. <laughs> the original symbols were, were Sanskrit and um, came from that system. And, you know, Metastron started talking to me about, well, how did I see, how did I see masculine and feminine integration in our energy field? Well, it's through the Merkaba. So the seven major energy energy centers in our body, I've shifted to the Merkaba, the the Merkaba, as the symbol. Simple, simple. And then uh, we have our sacred soul, and then we have we have so we have the high heart energy center, which is between the throat and the heart. That's our receiving energy center. We have our infinite eye. We have our soul star, which is in the back of the head, which is the voice of our soul. And those people's voice of their soul has been hijacked. Instead, what's the voice in the back of your head tell you? You're to this or you're not enough that. It's your parents' voice. It's your teacher's voice. It's your part. Somebody else's voice, not the voice of your soul, is the one that predominantly talks to us. So going into this energy center, learning about it, and the voice of your soul will talk to you with kindness, compassion, and love. That's the voice of your soul. If you're not hearing kindness, compassion, and love from that voice in the back of your head, 
you are not hearing your soul. You're hearing a hijacked voice. Mm. So in this program, we go in and we reprogram that energy center so that if that happens to you in the future, you can go, oh, wait a minute. That's not the voice of my soul talking to me. My soul talks to me with kindness, compassion, and love. Whose voice is that? It's, it's the false voice, the Wetiko voice. Okay. And you can shift your thinking back to the voice of your soul. Up above your head is the light star, which is that energy center where your higher guidance, maybe your angels and guides come in to disseminate information to your crown, to your third eye. And then the very top one, the 12th one is your golden gateway, uh, which is the connecting point to between you, your human self and your divine self connecting to all the other energy centers that go up to the Godhead. Then the 13th is going to be your sacred soul. Wow. Beautiful. Okay. That course sounds amazing and really full. And again, the link is on the description box and this webpage, wherever you're joining us and check it out. It is comprehensive to say the least. It is. I, gen- I made three videos. Uh, Three, about six hours of training, broke it up into about two hours each um, that you can go through at your own pace with a PowerPoint. I have maybe a 55-page PowerPoint, all color, that you follow along with me. So you're hearing my voice. You're watching your PowerPoint with the visuals, with the explanations, and then we're going through these meditations together. So you have actual tangible tools to go back to anytime you want to revisit, anytime you want to, you know, because every time you go through a program like this, you're going to hear something different. Mm-hmm. You're going to grow in a different way. And my goal really, and I'm creating an, an ebook out of the PowerPoint and the program, program eventually too, is for you, you know, it's great to go to a healer or a teacher and have them clear you or teach you some things, but then you have to go back out into the real world and you have to maintain that. And you have to remember how to do it. So what if you had something in front of you that was very succinct and easy to follow and clear that you could go and continue to work with yourself over and over again? Yes, thank you for that. Oh, my gosh, that sounds really rich and just lovely. What a powerful tool for transformation and empowerment, actually. Yes. Really very cool. And um, what I love about it is it's very affordable. This is an investment that we can make. It's like a better than a chiropractic appointment in my mind because we're literally transforming our life. We're literally reactivating that memory of us, of this Atlant. We're healing this Atlantean. Yes wound that runs so deep in all of us. So thank you for that. I want to mention that there's also a 45-minute personal session with you. And those are powerful as well. I've had one with you. It was remarkable. It literally did help me see things from a perspective that I couldn't see. And that's what a great facilitator does. Mm -hmm. And the healing that came from that Again, when it comes back to we created it all, it has nothing to do with any, well, if, if it does have something to do with anybody out there, it's because we created it. And yes. so having that perspective in our life is really powerful. And so tell us about the personal session with you because it does get personal and very trans- <laughs> the, the personal session is really just a follow up for anybody who has questions 
uh, wants to go deeper or wants some additional guidance and support. So for a little bit more with the, the second package, you get 45 minutes with me just to hit me up with anything that you want to learn more about or any way that I can support you in your own process. Oh, wait, that's beautiful because the extra, it's $22 additional just for that session with you. That's almost, um, uh, you know, who could turn that down? It's really important. I would say that that's really good. So if anyone um, really resonates with that and you have trouble with that cost, there are two payment plans. We want to make that easy for everyone. So please check that out. That's wonderful. And I would recommend the personal session. That alone is is so good. And then the course is just bonus because you are really remarkable with that. So that is wonderful. And here is a question in our Zoom audience um, that really illustrates kind of what we, if we don't heal these wounds, how they can just keep repeating in our life. Linda. Hi, Linda. Thank you for your question. Linda says, I've struggled with coming forth with my gifts in this lifetime and during an automatic and and during an automatic writing, it came to my attention that I still hold grief, that I let my people down, that I wasn't able to save them from. I want to cry. I hear that so often. Yeah, It's me, too. I think it's mm-hmm. awesome. able to save them from destruction and the responsibility of stepping forward now seems to still be affected by this. Absolutely. Her question is, how might I override this? Okay, so that's a really good question because one of the main wounds of Atlantis that we are healing right now is abandonment. Abandonment is a core wound in, I would say, you know, most all of humanity, right? For whatever reason, whether we understand or not, we carry this wound of abandonment. And that came from the last fall of Atlantis. Other things that were implemented during that last fall were the Savior Martyr Program which is another program that we are trying to let go of during Ascension. Okay, we have this idea in our heads as humans because we are exampled by this, you know, dying man on a cross who gave his life for us, right? That we have to martyr and save ourselves for other people, and it's not true. So anybody, for anybody who is struggling with the shame or the guilt or the feeling of abandonment, it is a program that has been inserted into you that is not real and not true. That is not what God expects from us. God does not expect us to save other people. We are all here again to be self-responsible to this gal right here. I can only save myself. I can only heal myself. I can offer the collective, I can offer you all some things that have helped me on my journey, but I cannot do the work for you. I can't change your thinking. I can't change your habits. The only one who can change your thinking or your habits, you can only do that for yourself. Mm. So this program that went in, it actually happened right at the end of Atlantis. The dark did something they weren't supposed to do. Mm. The dark came in and whispered into the ears of all of those who were in charge or trying to help. It's your fault. And we died with that. That was the last thought in our head. And they were not supposed to do that. So I work with a lot of people who are in the priesthood, priestess, priesthood, who feel like I did it. I I let Atlantis fall. It was my fault. Yes. And and, and I had that program for a long time, too, until I became aware of this. And my comeback to that is like, 
do you really think you're that awesome that you you were the downfall of all of Atlantis? <laughs> and I'd ask myself that, okay, Amira, were you that great that you led to the downfall of the entire continent of Atlantis? Probably it's not. It's that way, though. It feels that <laughs> way. Probably not. So once you can kind of laugh at the idea of like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. I, I, I was that important back then? Okay, first of all, we, we find humor in the situation and go, okay, that's kind of maybe a silly notion. And then you go into why am I carrying, still carrying the savior martyr? What, what was, what happened in my childhood? What was put upon me by my parents? or by my siblings, or by my upbringing that made me feel like my worthiness was connected to how I was in service, or or what I did for other people in service instead of taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Jobs as little girls or boys that we envisioned because of that program. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I can feel that in myself too. All right, so this is really powerful. Yeah. It's many layers deep. Many, many. The savior, martyr, martyr that, that, that it's very, and shame and guilt are, are, are two of the major programs that we are healing on this Atlantean spiral. They're useless to us. Those two programs are useless. They're not helping nobody. So if we can learn to collapse those, if we can learn to like realize the false voice of the Watiko that has been put upon us under shame and guilt, I mean, then you're going to be halfway there, you know, halfway there to, to healing everything else. Mm. All right. Well, this is um, healing in just the conversation, and it illustrates the work and the responsibility that we have to be in charge of the energy around it. So thank you for that. Wow. Okay. Um, we've got two questions that we're going to get to. I wanted to ask you first, is there anything else you wanted to share about your course and the personal session? Uh, you know, just that um, I make my programs very fun and easy to follow along. My teaching style is very casual, and I'm kind of a nerd. So, you know, I don't believe in taking ourselves too seriously when we're doing these types of work. Just go in with an open heart, be in a private, quiet space, uh, have a little bit of water nearby, and um, give yourself a lot of self-love and be very patient and loving and kind to yourself through the process. Always and always. Okay, beautiful. Um, beautiful, beautiful comments coming in. Wow, thank you, Melissa, for yours. And your son is so precious. What a what a gem he is. What an old soul. Okay. All right, let's go to Destiny. Destiny, hi, you have a question. Tell us. Hi. You can unmute, sweetheart. Hi, Amira. Hi. Hi. Um, you know what's really interesting is she had mentioned and I was thinking this today earlier too I was like getting a scan because I'm in the hospital so I was getting this um scan of my my belly my um in my organs and it just hurt for her to literally just push the the probe on there and I'm like I'm like, what is going on? I am like hurting everywhere on my entire body. And my question is, I'm wondering if that's got something to do with the karma, karmic law, the law of karma, because right now I'm going through some experiences that are really, um, like I've been in a lot of pain and, and I'm dealing with 
uh, shadow aspects. I mean, just all at once. And I'm like, Lord, I need help. You know, I need to get through this. So when you came in, I called in all my mermaids and all my sea creatures to help me to. I guess I wonder if you could tell me what's, what's going on because I'm really hurting and there's no reason for this much pain. Well, and what I really want you to know, Destiny, is that that there's no punishment involved. Like there, I do not believe that we create karmic acts or we have karmic acts that come back and punish us. Um, I believe that sometimes we punish ourselves <laughs> through the way we think about ourselves or think about our mistakes. And so, you know, to answer specifically why you're going through what you're going through, uh, I, I can't, I, I can't like pinpoint to you exactly what that would be, but I can tell you that, you know, you're, you have a very wonderful attitude and perspective on all of this and your belief and your love and your kindness toward yourself and your belief that, you know, God or spirit or whatever you call it can be with you and see you through to the other side is going to help you tremendously through your healing process. And, and I really wish you love and luck. Thank you, Destiny. Thank you, Thank you, Loren. Thank you, you, Amira. Love you both. And Destiny, the topic that we were talking about today with the energy and the the seven laws of... um, Yeah, I wrote them down. Go back to that and um, work with that. Feel your energy. Um, I hope that's helpful. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into that further for sure. All Thank right. you so much, ladies. I love you. We love you and have a good, have a good, good night. Be at peace and pain free. Thank you, Destiny. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. Wow. Okay. We're sending you love, Destiny. The Zoom chat. We send you love, sister. Okay. Susan, hi. You can unmute yourself. Say hello. Susan and Bob. Susan and Bob. Hi. Hello. Hi. Susan and Bob. Yes, Bob is here. Um, she was talking about Atlantis. Well, I did a regression a few years back, and Bob and I were both in Atlantis. And I still remember the beautiful temple with all the crystals. Yes. Wow. And here of late, I've been seeing a seashell out of the corner of my eye. It's been, in fact, while we were talking, it kept popping up. And I've been seeing multi, while you were talking upstairs, I was seeing green, blue, purple. This has been happening a lot. Is that part of the remembrance of Atlantis? Uh, What's with all the colors? It, It could be. Well, and when you mention the colors, can you see my screen? Can you see my as Loren knows as Loren knows, I have a sight challenging problem right oh, now. Oh, okay. It's just interesting you mentioned that because I'm do you know who the artist Jean-Luc Bozoli is? No. He he he's a wonderful artist on on the big island and I, I often utilize his paintings um in my you know my website and right. I have one of his I have a crystal temple as a backdrop, his crystal temple. And the colors are all these bright pastels with greens and blues and purples, just like you described. Uh-huh. So I find it very interesting um, because it's very Atlantean Lemurian-esque. It's very, very watery. So I find it very interesting that that's what you're 
you're talking about because I think I'm I have it <laughs> behind me. And and yes, I believe that you Bob, can are you being... see her screen? You would know. She's talking to you. Yes, okay. I can see it. Very okay. beautiful. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Yeah, it's and it's been happening more and more. And I'm thinking they're like ocular migraines. Well, Loren knows I'm having sight problems right now, a lot mm-hmm. of them. And I have like retinal degeneration and stuff. But I notice how the eyes have been changing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help them physically now, but I'm still coming up with these and they just happen out of the blue, the colors. And it's like, I'm looking through water. Yeah. I was just going to say there's something very, uh, myrrh oriented or aquifarian happening within you and around you. Wow. Something in your energy field, uh, you might be integrating an aspect. That is coming in to remind you more of your soul origins. And, um, you know, you kind of have one spectrum of your or an aspect of your site or part of your site is moving out, but something else is coming in. And so you might have stronger inner visions, too. That I do have. Yes. Like my- third eye inner visions, lots of colors, lots of symbolism. And so like mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of like coming to replace what's being what's leaving you. So will that kind of be like my new eyesight? <laughs> yeah, I think that you, you know, your spidey senses are being really super turned on. And so while your literal physical sight might be uh, leaving, you have a different sensing, a sixth sensing that's coming with these beautiful colors that is coming in to replace that. So spidey senses, I guess, is the best. <laughs> The best word. You might really sense and feel and know things at a deeper level than than you have previously. And the more you just are willing to let go of what's trying to let go of what's trying to 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 leave and accept and bring in this new way you're going to see, uh, I think the the more profound it's going to be for you. Well, I still have like my physical eyesight. Mm-hmm. I'll just see it differently. Yeah. Okay. It'll be a fun experiment. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> a little hard to see when all the colors you can't look through them. <laughs> yeah. Very. Okay, I, I just wondered about that. Thank you very much for that insight. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're it. welcome. Good luck. I yeah. need it. <laughs> Yes, thank you for sharing that because, you know, we were just chatting and now you're seeing new colors. I love it. I love it. I've been seeing them the whole time she was talking and now everything is kind of back to neutral, but she'd talk about certain things. And if you think about it, today is the 13th of the month. Yeah, that's right. It is. Yeah, you must, you, you may be getting a, an activation through my voice or my energy. It might be the memories, little Marian Atlantean memories and the color spectrums that were there, uh, might be coming through as a result of, of this communication. Oh, that's true too. Cause now they're mm-hmm. kind of back down. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. They have both real nice backgrounds. I'll explain them to you later. Oh, yeah. Bob will explain your backgrounds <laughs> okay. later. He said they're very nice. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. I was going to say, Bob, describe the, the images and, and Susan can tell you if, if it resonates with what she saw. Well, both, it, the, 
both yours with the woods and hers with the uh, lantis. They both look really nice, very colorful. And you know what? I'll explain them to her. And when I when I do my meditation, that's where I go to my I call it my sacred place. I face the ocean, probably it's like what you're showing, but I have Mother Earth in the woods like you have on the other side. Wow. I face both. Yeah. Uh, that's when I go talk to source. I'll go there. And that's like my my favorite place when I'm really stressed out. I'll go there. Oh, I love that so much. Thank you. That is the sacred temple of your heart, sister. I love, know. The grounded it. in the etheric. <laughs> yes. Wow. Could All I right. be Oh, I'm sorry. Can I be seeing the colors of my auras? Uh, I mean, I think it's all possible. I think it's all possible. Oh, okay. I don't know why I brought that up. I kept thinking of my auras that they're changing colors at times, and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of seeing them. You'll answer that question now, won't you? you I'm hoping to. <laughs> know the answer to that question. Yes, beautiful. That's tune what in. I'm feeling. Yeah, tune in, tune in. You'll get it. I'll share yes. it the other night. And thank you, Bob and Susan. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to share briefly. I shared this on another show, but I want to share it again because what you were talking about, um, Amira, was that, um, you know, we can start to sense in and feel things and then see things differently. And I had that moment where the my eyesight changed. I was even thinking about Susan there for a little because things got, it just got so beautiful and blurry. Mm-hmm. And it was like fuzzy and it was so blissful. Yeah. And I could feel, and I, I heard breathe love through your eyes, see the beauty through your eyes. And, and, and then I heard another word, write that down, write that down. And I probably should have wrote it down the exact words, but I know it. And I felt it so much, but there was that moment of bliss. And that could be what Susan is going through. This is what we all go through. It's the fifth dimension. It is back to this natural state that we Mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. It's living by sensing and living by our soul. And um, uh, this internal navigation system where we just know and trust and understand that all is well, that all is divine, and that there's n- no separation between who we are in our in our humanity and in our divinity. No separation. No separation. All right. Welcome to your life of remembering no more separation, that we are connected. The law of one, always. Yes. Beautiful. Okay. Um, last question. This is from Sharina. Hi, Sharina. Uh, I would like to know what might be blocking me from channeling with my higher beings of light. Usually we're our own block. Mm-hmm. Uh, we overthink. So a lot of people, and I work with a lot of people um, through what's called a soul progression, where I take people into, into hypnosis, into an etheric healing space to meet with their guides. So many of us have this preconceived notion that we're supposed to actually see or hear something. We have a definition of what we think that experience is supposed to be like. When in fact, oftentimes, we're always seeing and feeling and sensing our guidance around it. We just don't know how we're doing it. 
Uh-huh. I do it through my body. I do it through sensations that go on in my body. And I've learned to figure out like when my soul or when my higher guidance is talking to me. And I don't, I, I never see anybody. First of all, I never see anybody. I'd love to see somebody. I don't. So for those of us who aren't like the, the visual, we have to rely on our other senses. We have to go into this trusting of our other clairs of that sensing through our skin and our energy field and within us. So um, if, 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 for, if, if you have an expectation that you're actually supposed to like hear or feel something really tangible, that's probably not the way it's happening. It's coming in through these layers of your energy field. And because your mind is trying to quantify it in one specific stream of information or way, you're forgetting how your body brings it in. And, and there's a great amount of like trust of just like mm-hmm. beingness. And sensing and feeling that allows, generally allows us a better access to hearing our higher guidance. Mm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And thank you for that question, Sharina, because. Yeah, that was a really good question. I think a lot of people have that. A lot of people have that. Um, and we, and thank you for the answer. We're getting in our own way. Yeah. It's like that feeling like, you know, you just know. It's yeah. like just this knowingness, like, I don't know why I have to do this or feel this, but I'm going to trust it. Because most of the time we get the answers and we don't trust them. We talk ourselves out of it. I know we do. We get it. We know, but, we know the truth. <laughs> we know the truth. And if we're ever with uh, people who have been on that practice, on that journey for a while, and we see their confidence and the wisdom that they bring through in the moment, that's mm-hmm. inspirational because it's like, wow. And we all do it. But yet it's the, so it's that first instinct that comes through, right? Yeah. And then we come back around, the ego comes back around and doubts it. Yeah. Don't doubt it. Don't go there, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What a beautiful show. Thank you for this Atlantean transformation and remembrance. It feels really healthy. It feels really um luscious. It feels healing, actually. Very refreshing. Good very healing. And I think that has been, um, that has helped awash any of the separation or the abandonment that we might've felt over our responsibility in Atlantis. Right. So, all right. And we wish everyone to go and learn more and activate your Atlantean light body and DNA with the beautiful course from Amira Beth Atlantis. Oh, and I'll add also, I'm going to Atlantis in a couple of weeks. Oh, I, I'm going to Portugal and then to Spain and the Canary Islands, which are uh, European hubs for Atlantean energy on a soul journey for about five weeks or so. Um, I'm going to scuba in the Canaries, do some deep dives in the Algarve and just spend some time on on the Atlantean land. And so those of you who want to work with me personally, um, you'll need to email me. And then we'll work out the time zone thing for me to be able to have uh, some personal sessions or personal personal communications with you. Oh, perfect. How luscious to be with you when you're in that energy. And yes, we can uh, access that, too. We'll be in your auric field. Yes, yes. my homeland. <laughs> OK, enjoy Atlantis. Amira, as we say goodbye, I just want to give you moments for any final thoughts. Thank you. 
You know, my, my final thoughts, I usually close out these discussions in the same way, which is the reminder that you are an eternal being. For every single one of you listening out there, you are an eternal being. You have, have been and will always be. There is no death. Uh, what is on the other side of this blink of a lifetime that we have here on this planet is just a mere fraction of the totality of your soul, that your soul is safe, that you are loved, be brave, take chances, trust yourself, and know the eternal totality and greatness of your soul. We are feeling that, and it feels so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Amira Beth Atlantis. And thank you everyone for watching us. We are enlivened and we hope you are feeling empowered and fresh and in love with you. Thank you everyone for your bright light and we send you off for a beautiful evening. Namaste. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste.